Hello and welcome to Camera Eats First. My name is Devin. And I'm Catherine. And together we are Two Market Girls. We run a vegan YouTube channel and a blog, and this is our podcast, where we talk about things like veganism, how we make our recipes, how we run our blog. And lately we've been talking about some food shows and movies that we really like, and that kind of inspired us to do a little bit of research. I know, weird for us. Yeah, no, we're just trying something new. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> but it's kind of interesting to learn about the history of cooking shows and like mm-hmm. food content and how that has evolved to where it is now. Yeah, because I think what got us thinking about that is even like the last like 10 years has been like a big change in cooking shows. So we're like, there's probably been like, like when was the first cooking show? And like, what, like, what is the evolution of cooking shows? Because like, there's been so much change in the last 10 years of them. Yeah. And I always wonder how kind of like the mindset behind the original ones like how do we see any of that in the content today and how Mm -hmm. has that evolved too yeah so where do you want to start because like we listened to uh, a podcast that talked about cooking shows and then we did a little bit of research beyond that to kind of see what happened throughout the years well I mean sure yeah let's start at the beginning did you know that the first cooking show was a radio show no like what the (laughs) heck and why aren't there more like radio cooking shows like is that like is that is would would that be similar to like today's concept of like a podcast cooking show there's not many of them but i think it would be and like it would probably just be mostly instructional right at least that original one was yeah which like but so i was reading so it was a betty crocker school of school of the air which Okay. (laughs) Um, So that ran from 1924 to 1945. So it was a really long running show. But I really enjoy it. It was um, until, so for like three years or something like that, the Betty Crocker School of Air, um, like it wasn't until 1927 that I got picked up by NBC Radio. And the part of Betty, but before that, the part of Betty Crocker was played by whoever was working the radio show that day. Like, I just, like, really enjoyed that it wasn't actually a person. <laughs> so, that does that mean, like, where did this Betty Crocker name even come from? Because now it's like, I'm going to walk down that cake aisle and be like, who are you? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> <laughs> you could have been anybody. You're so, a wow. lie. <laughs> you were my idol. Like, who are how you? many grandparents out there were Betty Crocker, you know? Right? Yeah. Like, I think... I thought that was kind of so like I wonder if that was just like a known thing that like oh Betty Crocker today is played by this person or if you just they like tried to play it off as it was the same person like I don't it's so interesting and also was it ever played by a man Mm. I would I mean for those first few I don't think it would have been and also because like these original like cooking shows they weren't were obviously weren't what they are today they were so much about like for a housewife this is how you can do your cooking and do your chores better and more efficiently and be the best housewife you can be (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah i thought that was like it's very interesting like i would never have thought cooking shows started on the radio but like it makes sense Mm -hmm. but then even as they moved into tv like they were cooking shows were on tv before tvs were kind of in people's houses all the time yeah 
So it's even like the people who are watching these cooking shows or where people were watching these cooking shows was just like public spaces. <laughs> Which like, imagine you were like in a public space, you have to like write things down and like go home and like, okay, okay. I wrote down what this person taught me on the television. <laughs> yeah. Like now we just like, okay, pause the video. Let me do this step. Let me yeah. rewatch this TikTok 20 times. <laughs> Something else that I noticed, so I was going through this, like, list of, like, the history of the most popular television shows throughout the years, or f- most popular cooking shows. So many of them are by men. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, throughout all this stuff that we learned about it, it's, like, there's men hosting a lot of one and ones, and then there's women hosting them, but there's always a different take or a different way that they speak about the food or they come mm-hmm. to the food, right? It's this idea that men could enjoy the food whereas women had to be like instructing and teaching and it was just about this is how you cook yeah. you know um but i like how even like back in the 40s and stuff like that when food tv was starting to grow you still had kind of the 15 minute meal idea yeah like way before jamie oliver and even rachel ray with her 30 minute meals like this was people still wanted the short time and not a lot of equipment needed. Just need to get my meal done. But, you know, make sure people still think I spent a lot of time on it. Yeah, that whole psychology. <laughs> like, short enough that you get it done quickly, but, like, not too short and not too uncomplicated where you don't feel accomplished. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Which, remember when we learned that the only reason the egg is in a cake yeah, mix? the cake mix. I think, honestly, I, I think that was a Betty Crocker thing. I think it. I I could be wrong, but I think and who it was do we that? even blame for that? Like, who is Betty Crocker? I mean, you blame the. Well, I can't remember what his name is, but it was a PR person who. Oh yeah, it was like a marketing for thing. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like that actually reminds me so much of that of the like the fact that they're like, oh, we got to make the recipes complicated enough so these housewives feel accomplished and don't feel like they're doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, we made a cake mix. It's super easy, and still the result is really good. But we're worried we made it too easy. And it's not, people aren't going to like that. I appreciate the change from then to now. Imagine anyone, whoever does the cooking in your household would be like, oh my goodness, I don't, like, I want the easiest thing possible. That's what I, I feel accomplished when I get things done quickly. (laughs) Right? We're not trying to impress each other with multiple ingredients. We're trying to impress each other with few ingredients. (laughs) In fact, I honestly think it's more impressive if you make something really delicious with fewer ingredients. <laughs> Me too. Like, imagine you, like, were served this, like, really amazing meal and you're like, yeah, it's only five ingredients. <laughs> That's way more impressive. Uh, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I just find that funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah, so I, I will say I didn't actually notice that, what you said, of, like, the women's were mainly, like, instructional, how to do this, how to do this, and then the men's were kind of just about like entertaining or enjoying food and all that kind of stuff i didn't notice that until you mentioned it yeah because i think it also just goes back to like this idea that when it comes to food a woman always has to be like dainty and like look pretty when she's eating and like you can't just you know you have to keep up your appearance i will say that probably yeah i imagine that changed with julia child to a certain extent, like Julia, yeah. I think changed um, how fun you can be in the kitchen. Yes, and like she wasn't afraid to make mistakes, but you still knew that she w- knew what she was doing, right? 
Yeah. And just the way that she kind of worked that into how she was going. Like in the podcast I listened to, there's that one line where she's talking about flipping something. And yeah. she's like, you have to have the courage when you were flipping something. <laughs> and then she goes and flips it and it doesn't, is not right. She's like, see, I, I didn't have the courage. I didn't fully <laughs> commit to it. And the only way you learn to flip things is just by flipping them. Yeah. So, but like, that's what I mean. I think it probably sh- like the women hosted cooking shows probably changed to be like it's actually seems like an enjoyable experience like it's instructional and it's educational but like it's fun (laughs) Mm -hmm. and she like she even got inspiration from someone before her right it was i think dione lucas who had a show first and that's kind of what julia watched and then obviously went through her training in cordon bleu bleu Cordon Bleu. <laughs> Cordon Bleu. <laughs> and then when her book came out and she went on the cooking shows and kind of like by accident became a food TV cooking star because that was never, yeah. she just like felt that was a natural way to talk about her book. Well, let's cook something together on TV. And, and, mm-hmm. and then they discovered, wow, this is really entertaining. Food content can be entertaining and informative. And that's when the shift yeah. happened. Yeah, I will say, look, looking through the list of, like, again, popular shows, I think once, like, there was obviously some before that, too, but, like, once Julia Child's one happened, you start seeing a slight change in cooking shows, like, there's more travel ones, and there's, like, it's just, like, they're a little bit more adventurous, a little mm-hmm. bit more fun. And even the addition of, like, live audiences in shows, too. Mm-hmm. I think it was, like, originally just to help one of the hosts, because he was a little bit... He was a little bit like subtle and dry. So like, how can we pump him up? Well, let's throw in a live audience. And then he felt like he was like performing to them. Which like, I appreciate that they, he even had the job. He's subtle and dry. <laughs> <laughs> I can show you how to cook food, but I'm not going to make it fun. Yeah. <laughs> I can show you how to cook a mean steak, but I'll be the most boring instructor you've ever had. Yeah. But then uh, I think one of my favorite instances like from that those early cooking shows is the one I think it's the galloping gourmet where the host was Graham Kerr but in the background his wife Trina was the producer and she was like making sure that Graham's show would be funny by like booby trapping the set and doing all these things because she's like I don't know if he's going to be funny enough on his own so I'm just going to set things up to make sure that these funny things happen throughout it like that's like I feel like that is the benefit of working with a spouse. They know you well enough to know that you're probably not funny enough on your own. <laughs> Catherine, I'm going to come into the kitchen and booby trap it for you. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> and it'll just be that, like, you can't open stuff because I know you like to leave everything open. <gasps> so it'll just be, like, Catherine, the opposite of what so you already mean. do. It's just a new like, challenge video we're going to Like, try I out. literally... I can't open it at all or I can't leave it open. It'll just automatically close. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> you got like 10 seconds. Oh, I it's like... so scary. <laughs> it's like a new uh, cooking game show. Uh, I'm surprised we haven't seen something like that. Like we haven't even gotten into these, the rise of the cooking competition shows. I was going to say, yeah, that's like the early 2000s, the cooking competitions, right? Yeah, like end of the 90s and into the early 2000s, everyone's like, everything has to be a competition. Food, you're next. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I will say, so maybe like there's obviously a bunch in between like 
a lot of cooking shows in between when Julia Child and all that shift happened. But something else I learned, 1993, that's when the Food Network was created. So that when when they, I guess they officially decided that food has a place, like has its own place on TV. And it was such a random way that it was created because like PBS was doing so much of the food content back then, right? Yeah. And then this yeah. random um, company in New England was like, what should I want to make? We should make a channel. What should we make a channel about? Well, food seems pretty popular. Let's do. OK, we're going <laughs> to call it the Food Network. It's ours. We started it. Uh, we don't have any content. Yeah. Uh, we don't have any ads, uh, but we, we got the name. It's ours. You know, yeah, it's such a weird conception of something that like is so loved now like yeah i love the food network but like they started with a bunch of reruns of shows we've mentioned like julia child the galloping gourmet all that kind of stuff they started with reruns of that and then they started their own shows yeah which like i don't know if you watched this growing up but like one of the i feel like the cooking show that like formed me because it was one that like my dad watched and like was always playing was emerald okay i've never seen emerald's show or heard of it before doing this research wait you've either one of them like he's had a couple shows i don't think so no you don't do you know who emerald is not until i know Wow. Okay. Oh my goodness. I mean, again, I don't know how much your family watched cooking shows growing up. So that could, that's easy. It's easy to not know who he is if you didn't watch Food Network growing up and like cooking Catherine, shows. Catherine, they barely watch our cooking show. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but like Emerald was like the, like he was the personality specifically, like he was, had so much personality when he was cooking. And I remember watching his stuff growing up so much. He was always, have you ever heard references to like when someone is like seasoning something and they just go bam yeah he always yeah that's him he always oh. did that and he was just he was just so great he just had so much personality and made food so much fun and he also had a live cooking show at one point too called emerald live so he had like a live studio audience and he would like bring people on and like talk about cooking and make a dish and bring people up from the audience to try his food it was so much fun his energy kind of sounds like an early version of Guy Fieri yeah just like a little less over the top I feel like Guy Fieri's like a little a little wacky he he took that and just like times 10 times 20 yeah yeah a li- I would say a little less cringy and like this isn't an insult to Guy Fieri he's my favorite person in the world essentially <laughs> but like a little less like cringy I would say and a little bit more chefy like traditional in a sense chefy yeah okay okay and because also around that time, too, you saw kind of celebrity chefs coming out, right? Like yeah. Wolfgang Puck was one of them. Well, yeah, I, I think that's I think Emerald's one of the people that kind of kickstarted that. He was one of yeah. those first, quote unquote, celebrity chefs, right? Um, the modern celebrity chefs that we know today type thing where it's like they are uber celebrities. <laughs> yeah, which like that would be a chef becoming a celebrity. And now we have celebrities like trying to become chefs right like it's like a weird trajectory for like you have people now creating cookbooks mm-hmm. and all these things like chrissy Teigen has exactly. a cookbook like it's just it's so random everyone's making cookbooks now yeah except us but uh anyways <laughs> we don't talk about that <laughs> should we talk about cooking competitions yes i feel like that is like i feel like 
Food Network, as soon as it hit the late 90s, early 2000s, it started spreading its wings a little bit and going into different, not just traditional cooking shows anymore. They did like cooking competitions and then travel shows. I mean, travel shows were always happening, but I feel like those started or like showcasing restaurants and things like that started coming up. Yeah. And I didn't even realize like just how vast and intense cooking competition followings have gotten or were. <laughs> yeah. Like there's a master chef everywhere around the world. That oh my you goodness. Think I of. know. Which, like, I will say, I've seen a few of them. I've seen MasterChef Australia, and I've seen MasterChef Canada in the U.S. version. The U.S. version is the best. I, I, like, of that I've seen, again, there's so many different versions of it. <laughs> but I like how, I think it was in Australia, they're, like, so dedicated to MasterChef that, like, they will reschedule election debates around the MasterChef's schedule. <laughs> That's so intense, because, first of all, I mean, maybe it was just the one ep- couple episodes I've seen, but I've seen an episode of MasterChef Australia. It is so long. They're like two hour long episodes. What? And maybe it was just the couple that I had seen. I just happened to see the longer ones, but like they were incredibly long episodes. <laughs> is that like, I don't know. Is that just more normal or for Australians? Because like. Well, like, from what I saw when I was watching it, I didn't watch the full episode because I was like, wow, this is so long. (laughs) But, like, a good chunk of it is, like, instructional stuff and not actually competition stuff. And, again, maybe it was just the few episodes that I've seen. But, like, it was was so different from what I know MasterChef US and even MasterChef Canada to be. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, like, the Great British Bake Off. Yeah, and Hell's Kitchen. Oh, my goodness. Hell's Kitchen was an early one, too. Yeah. And then I don't really know when it started. I think it was pretty early, too, but Iron Chef. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like those are the like those are the few that I remember to be, like, really early and still kind of big today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It feels like they've been going forever. Yeah, like, Hell's Kitchen is in its 19th season. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the other ones are in. I know MasterChef's in its... A pretty late season too yeah yeah but just like the excitement around some of these shows has not died down at all yeah i mean i will say i'm also somebody who watches most of these shows too like i watch master chef is honestly one of the best food shows it's so much fun to watch uh i still watch hell's kitchen i just finished the 19th season <laughs> um what else what else do we talk about great british i don't really bake off oh love great british bake-off also the canadian version that's now out and it's like third or fourth season so good i never really got into iron chef though i will say that mm. i don't know why what do you think it is about like a competition cooking show that people get so into I think you just like to root. It's entertaining, right? It adds a layer of entertainment while you're still learning things. And I think people just like to root for people. Like, that's what the whole thing about game shows and everything is, right? Like, why has Survivor been on for... They're on their, like, 30th season almost? Like, it's so many. Uh, Or no, I feel like they're even further than that. I feel like they're almost on their 40th season or something. Because they do two seasons a year. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, like, like I just think it's just one of those things that's just really fun to watch. You like to root for people and, like, pick people to, like, not, like, 
bet on seriously although i'm sure there's probably people who bet on things like this but like you like to like bet on people and see people's progression and things i don't know maybe that that's my thoughts because i can't that's the aspect that i really enjoy of it to see people take on new challenges because it's kind of familiar in a way yeah (laughs) like it's not just watching these like uber professional great chefs making recipes that you could probably never make it's usually whether or not it's chefs like master chef isn't about chefs it's about home cooks it's like seeing people who are like getting challenged and trying different things i don't know there's something fun about that Uh, yeah but i think that's exactly what it is right it's these people who aren't necessarily as professionally trained as the other chefs you see on tv and you see them doing these like high level recipes and it's just like wow anybody can cook really well it's like it's like aspirational right yeah even though, like, a show like Iron Chef, those are, like, uber-talented chefs that come on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I will say, even, like, I feel like even cooking competition shows have, like, changed. Because I feel like those are very traditional in a sense of, like, cooking competition shows. But now there's also shows like my favorite, Guy's Grocery Games. <laughs> <laughs> like guys grocery games and also like there's a show beat bobby flay who also stemmed from iron chef and like there's so many like a little bit more gimmicky Mm -hmm. competition shows and a little bit like less intense (laughs) yeah they're just kind of one-off episodes a little bit more fun yeah and i because i think with any kind of content like once it's on for that many years it's gonna have to evolve to these different styles right which like to be honest i still can't believe that I think every show that we mentioned is still on TV and still doing its like original concept. Wow. Which you can't say for a lot of like other types right? of entertainment. There's, there's something about food shows that like can really last a really long time without doing too much changes. Like Hell's Kitchen is pretty much the same show it was when it first started in the early 2000s. I Again, I haven't really watched much of Iron Chef, but it feels like it would probably be very similar to what it was when it started. Same with um, MasterChef, exact same show. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing has changed. Yeah. Like, there's just, like, there, like little things, I'm sure, have changed behind the scenes and how they do things and the editing style and all that stuff. But for the most part, the concept's the same, and they're still just as popular, if not more. Mm-hmm. And it still feels like there's so much more that we could see from food like competition shows for sure but like food content in general there's still so much that we could see yeah no there's i feel like there is still a long way to come there's still so much to do and so many things and even like you're starting to get like micro shows now like uh, there's a lot of food network shows that i think just air in canada like have you ever seen wall of chefs no uh, so that one's where they bring in a bunch of chefs from uh, across Canada. And then there's, I think, four competitors it starts with. And they basically like challenge you like these like walls of professional chefs challenge you to make something. And then they bring down a, cup, a few of the random chefs to taste your dish. And then that that's kind of how the competition works. Um, and it's all always random. You don't know which chef's going to challenge you to do which recipe, all that kind of stuff. So you don't really know what you're getting. But it's very interesting. It's, it sounds again, terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's definitely, like, it's not like chefs. Like, I mean, some of them are pretty popular chefs that most people who watch the Food Network know, like uh, Lynn Crawford and all that kind of stuff. But for the most part, they're chefs that are, like, restaurant tours across Canada type thing so like they're not like it's not like a Gordon Ramsay coming down where you're like oh my god <laughs> I know you holy crap <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, like there's a lot of like micro cooking shows now, I feel like. Yeah. And yeah. there's also, I remember when I saw this one where I was like, oh my God, this was our idea. Fridge Wars. <laughs> what? Where they have to cook with whatever's in the fridge. I mean, it wasn't our idea, but like, because yeah. also uh, Laura did, has stuff like that on her channel, all that kind of stuff. But I was like, oh my God, this, it's Fridge Wars where they just cook with leftovers and what's in the fridge. Yeah gotta make a recipe from whatever you can find yeah that's like our yeah. kitchen takeovers and that's like lauren with recipe yeah <laughs> which i still think lauren could have such a good cooking show yeah like i feel like what also kind of inspired us to talk about this was when we discovered or when i discovered that vegan cooking show on amazon oh yeah Prime. and i was yeah. like this is so old school this is I, I love that it's vegan food, but like it's just it's the same format that we've seen on the Food Network for so many years. But yet yeah. on Netflix and places like that, we're seeing like so much difference. Yeah, we're seeing such a different style. And I feel like even sh- cooking shows on YouTube, we're seeing s- so many different styles. Mm-hmm. So like doing the same traditional kind of boring cooking show, it was like, why are you still doing that? Yeah, I mean, like, when you think of cooking shows today, there's not, like, you don't necessarily think of instructional cooking shows anymore. There's, and I guess it can't, it, maybe it's a broader term, it's more food shows than cooking shows now, but, like, between the cooking competitions, the traditional cooking shows, because there is still them, they still air them, episodes still get uh, recorded of things like that, but then there's also significantly more travel shows like significantly more there's also a show like that i think really changed the game for a lot of things outside of the competition shows but diners drive-ins and dives Mm -hmm. that guy fietti did like showcasing small businesses and like really showcasing like the the quote-unquote the hero of food which is like local restaurants and people really changing the game it's not necessarily these like michelin starred chefs that are always changing the food game it's these small restaurants But then we started to see more travel cooking shows. Like, again, those were happening in the past. But I think they've just become more prevalent now. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, like, more cooking shows for the just just for entertainment, like, nailed it. Yeah. Like, nailed it as a pure entertainment show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe it's there to teach you what not to do. (laughs) Like, there are some, like, tips like scattered throughout the episode so that you do still learn something Mm -hmm. but like for the most part it's entertainment forward (laughs) yeah yeah which i think was just a shift you saw throughout the years in general because first they they really did think you know food tv has to be instructional let's also try to just sell them appliances so like yeah a company like KitchenAid would be behind a cooking show being like look at our mixer go (laughs) but then like I mean, people like that, but what they really like is the personalities and the entertainment Mm -hmm. and like feeling like they can make the food. And those were the shows and those were the chefs and the people that we saw grow and change the industry the most, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I honestly think that's what keeps some of these shows that we've talked about so popular already. Because like as much as you can love or hate them, Gordon Ramsay will always be on TV because there's some, there's there's something so unique about him in a sense and obviously like it's I feel like common in the cooking world of like having that like typical angry head chef mm. type thing but like I don't know he does it so well <laughs> <laughs> he owns that like personality so well 
Um, like that's him. That's what people are know him for. Is he's the guy that screams in your face <laughs> and calls you an idiot sandwich. Exactly. So like, like paired with really really good cooking content, educational entertainment, the personalities. I think what drives at least today most of the cooking shows. Like I don't even want to think of how many different shows Guy Fieri has had. He has had so many shows. Like he's had diners, drive-ins, and dives. He's had guys grill ranch or something like that uh guys grocery games he has a new one called tournament of champions like he's had so many different shows and like that is just scratching the surface it really comes down to the personality i feel like and because didn't he he was part of a competition to become like the next food network personality right i think so yeah they really picked a good winner i think right (laughs) holy and even like i'll say even to like master chef like i've seen a couple different other countries versions and there's something about master chef us that like i just love the personalities there because like right now i mean christina tosi's a judge Hmm. gordon ramsay and i can't remember who the third judge is right now but because it's changed recently over the years um but like the personalities just keep you coming back they're so good and even the personality of like whoever's competing in the show as well like Mm -hmm. there's been some seasons that i've just not been as interested in because i was like i don't know there's no one here i want to root for (laughs) (laughs) but it's interesting like when we talk about how important the personalities are like i was trying to think well what has been kind of the evolution of cooking shows on the internet and like youtube Mm -hmm. and things like that And one of the things that kind of, I think, replicates almost the same shift is, like, there was a time when tasty style, just, like, hands and pans, overhead shooting, that was food content. That's all you really I mean, it's still a pretty popular food content now, too. Yeah. Yeah. But it it had this rise where it was like, oh, okay, wow, that's all the food. Everybody needs to do this kind of food content. It's super shareable. It's really easy to do. But I think people also learn that, like, oh, there's no personality behind this. Like, I, I can learn a recipe from this, but what if I want yeah. the personality behind it? Yeah, like, I'll look this up when I need to know how to make this, but I'm not just watching this. Like, I'm not, on a Saturday afternoon, I'm not just putting on a tasty video. <laughs> exactly. So, like, that was purely instructional, which is also how other food shows started, right? Yeah. And then you saw it change as you got, like, food YouTubers who were like cooking and hanging out with you almost yeah and i will say i think even like so i think tasty talking about tasty tasty made the shift where they have more personality on their channel now too more faces um all that kind of stuff but um they also i think in a way they still do those top down ones but they added more personality by just making sure the food had a lot of outrageous personality Mm. to it so like you almost want to watch a tasty video to see what ridiculous thing they're making (laughs) yeah yeah like they're kind of just trying to like almost clickbait it but it's like literal literal like it stands up to the clickbait like what's the wildest thing we can do to go viral which has which is now actually a real problem on tiktok with these little trends and and other places not just tiktok but tiktok yes um yeah no food culture has really changed with the internet i completely kind of forgot about the internet aspect of it where it's like and i don't know why i forget i get angry about it every day (laughs) (laughs) i get angry about it every day every time i'm on tiktok and i see someone flip a grilled cheese by flipping their pan oh come on (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no food content has really like the internet has really changed what food content is 
Yeah. And I will say, even just from our own experience, I think it has like shortened some people's attention span and for what they're willing to get out of a food show type thing like we'll get comments that say too much talking Mm -hmm. and i'm like they just like they just want the instructional part and it's just like and i'm sure there was that before as well but like i think the internet's just made it so that like oh i can learn how to make a recipe in like 30 seconds on tiktok versus why am i watching this 15 minute video of these two girls laughing at each other the whole time (laughs) well yeah i mean again it's oh it's like instructional versus entertainment yeah why are you there why are you seeking out that content yeah yeah which i feel like also on youtube has always kind of been that balance and even that's what we're trying to figure out still right like Mm -hmm. oh we want to show them a recipe but you know it seems like they like it better when we're just kind of trying to figure stuff out in the kitchen yeah (laughs) when we're a mess (laughs) yeah um okay i think a good way like we've talked obviously this isn't an in-depth conversation about the history of food shows We're not it's just historians. our briefs we are not if oh. it wasn't clear from today's episode <laughs> um but i think it might be a good place to kind of talk about some of our favorite cooking shows right now or food cho- food mm. shows and food tv so what's one that comes to mind for you i mean at top of mind is salt fat acid heat Samin yeah nosrat's netflix special based good. on her book like which like i really wish there was more episodes right like four episodes samin should have more shows yes she she has like talking about personality she has one of those personality where you just like she feels like your best friend yeah and like even her show is kind of um kind of stands alone in especially travel cooking shows because one hosted by a woman and two she's like really just out there enjoying the food like Mm -hmm. so purely and that's really what attracted people to samin it's just like she's so authentically herself and just enjoying the food and loving the food and we haven't gotten to see as many women get to play that role yeah and with samin too it's the fact that like she can talk about all kinds of food and people love to hear her talk about it whereas the other problem we're seeing in food content is diversity and people mm-hmm. from diverse backgrounds only being allowed to talk about food from their background. Yeah. yeah. I I will say one of the things that I really appreciate about Samin and how she talks about food is that sometimes it's not like when you hear a chef, usually they use these like big words mm-hmm. and they talk through these chefy terms. Sometimes she's just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, I was like, oh, you don't have to have these, like, fancy words all the time. She's just like, oh, my God, it's just so good. It's it's just so good. <laughs> I was like, thank you. I Like, I love that approachableness of her. But she's still a chef. She exactly. still has the authority of, like, teaching you how to cook and teaching you about food. But she's so, like, down to earth is the wrong word because, like, I think there's even being, like, a fancy chef, you can be down to earth. Mm-hmm. But, like. She's just so approachable and just feels so normal. Yeah, she's for lack of a better word. She's standing there getting emotional in the Parmesan factory. Like, come on. Yeah, like we've all been there. <laughs> we wanna be. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what about you? Um, I'm trying to think. So like again, I am a sucker for almost all food shows. Like I will I live and breathe for guy fieri content i think he just he just brings so much joy to food i honestly think so and he doesn't take himself too seriously that is what i like in a cooking show and a cooking Mm. personality is like again and i also still watch gordon ramsay and he takes himself very seriously Mm -hmm. but 
anything Guy Fieri, I think is just so much fun. He just wants good food. He doesn't care who made it. He doesn't care if you're a chef. He doesn't care if this. He just wants to see really good, delicious food. And that, like, I appreciate that so much that he's, like, again, I actually don't know much about Guy Fieri, like, history, if he's a professionally trained chef. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. I just know him current day. <laughs> but, like, he doesn't care if the food was made by this, like, 20-year chef. He, he invites on people who are just, like, really popular home cooks or, like, food bloggers. And he just wants delicious food. And, like, that's, I love that he's just kind of, like, breaking those barriers of, like, you don't have to be a chef to make really, really delicious food. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, I haven't watched very much of his content, but, like, my perception of him before probably this past year was that he was kind of, like, a lot of gimmicks. But then I keep hearing about, like, all the work he's doing to try to help restaurant workers and res the restaurant mm -hmm. industry through this pandemic. And just, like, seeing that kind of, like, shift my mind to, like, he's not just out for the jokes. Like, he's really – he cares about this stuff so much. That's it. Like, he's just, like – it's so hard to not like him when you learn more about him because he's just such a good human being. Like, I think when this whole pandemic started, he raised, like, $25 million for help the restaurant industry and, like, struggling businesses. And even in, like, his new show, Tournament of Champions, where he brings on, like, really good chefs to compete against each other. In each round, a chef wins. They get to donate $10,000 to a restaurant in need. Mm. So, like, he, he makes sure that this stuff is built into his content. And even, like, like more personal, less chefy i think there was a story so i think his sister is gay and when it became legal for them to marry he celebrated by marrying 20 different gay couples on the beach or something like that in honor of his sister mm. like i was like that it like it's just so pure and so lovely mm -hmm. um so yeah anything guy fietti but also like there's so many shows i could talk about i know like <laughs> i love nailed it nailed it is truly one of the best things on television <laughs> or netflix i guess it's just so much fun i also really really enjoy um it's it's weird so like there's a new one that i don't think a lot of people know i think it's canadian produced and made but i mentioned it to you restaurants on the edge mm -hmm. and it's a similar to a uh what's it called travel show Ooh. Right? A travel show, but also, like, they go and help struggling businesses. Oh, Kitchen Nightmares, right? That's that it. What? Similar in a sense, but less gimmicky. Way less gimmicky. They actually go and they, like, there's a... Basically, the whole concept is that they're going to restaurants that are struggling that really in a sense shouldn't be because they have this beautiful landscape in front of them like a beautiful view they're in a great spot all that kind of stuff so they have all the like building blocks to be a great restaurant but for some reason they're struggling but like the reason I really like the show is that like I want to say like 70% of the time you're just learning about the culture of where they are mm. and it's not necessarily always about food like they have a chef that comes in to learn about food but they also go in to learn about the design like how the interior designer comes in and learns about how can I infuse the culture into this restaurant and all this stuff and you learn so much about the different places they travel to which is why I really like that show right now and I think that kind of speaks to this idea especially with these food documentary or travel shows is like we like the food but we also really like the stories around the food and where the mm -hmm. food comes from yeah um what else pops to mind as some of your faves um there's one i was thinking of now that isn't really 
it's not really a formal show, but I just think it's been a very interesting concept over the last year. And that's Christina Tosi's Bake Club that she's been <laughs> yeah. doing on Instagram Live. I yeah. just think that like that idea of seeing a professional chef just kind of like pop onto their Instagram and be like, tell people ahead of time, this is what we're going to make. We're going to make it together. And it's just like kind of the most unfiltered. Uh, yeah, I will say, speaking of that, I think there was a shift in food celebrities beginning where they were like a Gordon Ramsay, a Bobby Flay, like these like really prestigious chefs where they were kind of like lack of a better word gods. Like mm-hmm. you were just like, oh my God, you look up to them so much. And I think there's been a shift where like chefs now need to be a little bit more approachable and yeah. a little bit more human, not godlike. Exactly. <laughs> like there is still space for the like the Gordon Ramseys of the world. But like you also need to be like a Christina Tosi where you're just getting on Instagram live and baking with everyday ingredients. Yeah. And just like she's just so excited about it. She's like, hey, bake club, we're going to bake this today. And she's like giving people really good tips along the way. Yeah. And I just I also don't know how she's kept it up all year long with the same energy. <laughs> and, every and she's single pregnant time. She, or she was pregnant. <laughs> she re- one of her recent ones. She has her baby strapped to her as she's doing the bake club live stream. And like she like just had her baby. <laughs> yeah. I kind of can't tell because I'm assuming they like pre-filmed. And so there wasn't really a gap. So all of a sudden yeah. it's like, she's pregnant. And then it's like, oh, she's holding the baby. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess that's how it would happen, though. <laughs> no, I know. But just like doesn't seem like she had a baby in between the week break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Like, how are you doing that? But um, another show that I can't believe neither of us have mentioned yet, The Chef Show. Oh, my goodness. Roy Choi. And John. Truly, that is without a doubt my favorite food show. It's just so much fun. It's literally because I think it just reminds me of us. <laughs> <laughs> like, again, I'm not saying I am nowhere near a professional and I don't know. I do not have the knowledge that Roy Choi does. He is like a wealth of knowledge. But like, it's just it's just so much fun between the two of them. Yeah. Again, I feel like they've really nailed that balance between entertainment and instruction yeah and not being too pretentious because even like roy like john will do something the way roy taught him to do it and then roy's like oh you you don't have to do that you can just do this just do this and i was like oh okay it's great yeah (laughs) he's like he always like asked him why and he's like oh you taught me how to do it this way he's like oh i did oh (laughs) (laughs) like this is your recipe man oh yeah (laughs) i don't know um so yeah the chef show is a wonderful one it's such a standout because like it has so many elements of a traditional cooking show right like they've got a set they've got everything ready and laid out and yet nothing about it feels like a cooking show from before yeah like we we've talked about it's almost to me it kind of feels like if you gave a youtuber free reigns to make a cooking show (laughs) that's kind of what it feels like to me yeah Like, we've talked about this so much that if we were ever to create, like, a more of a cooking show type atmosphere, that's kind of, it's almost, in a sense, that way, also mixed with, I think I'm thinking of the right one, uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner, Mm. I think that, I think it's that one that I'm thinking of, where he just kind of goes and hangs out and talks with people while eating Mm -hmm. and while enjoying food. Um, It's just, like, a combination of those two shows, I think it's just so much fun, because, like, like I like to learn about the stories rather than necessarily how to learn how to make something like obviously I want to know how to make something but I also want to know where it came from and why it's so important and all that stuff and I think those shows blend the two pretty well yeah 
Yeah, definitely. While still being entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then there's also shows like that I think really stand out for a reason because like everyone would probably mention it on a favorite like food show, Chef's Table. Like I feel like it really mm. changed the game for food content or at least netflix food content internet food content uh i feel like it was like one the first like really big food show for netflix yeah it it, because it combined like food and being cinematic and telling the stories in a way that i don't think we'd seen at that level before yeah it's 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 a very like epic show to watch like you never think food can be so intense and so like they present food as art which like talking about all the modern shows not a lot of them do that now like a lot of them are about being approachable and all this kind of stuff and there is still a place for food being this really highly creative art and out of like not exactly reachable for the everyday person like that is still a part of food and there's still a place for that in food tv and i think chef's table really hit that where like every like an everyday person loves to watch it but I would never attempt to make any of those things because I'm like, that's impossible. Like, I can't. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I feel like you just come to these different shows um, with different needs or different things you're looking for in them, right? So when I go to watch Chef's Table, it's because just show me the beautiful food. Like, not only is the food beautiful, but it's just shot in such a beautiful way. The story is built in such a beautiful way. Like, that's what I'm trying to get out of that show. It's not necessarily about like, oh, I'm going to go and try and make this or I'm probably going to learn something about the food, but, like, I'm also going to learn how beautiful and how much art you can make out of food, right? Yeah. And I just watched it be like, oh, how'd they film that? Oh, wow, they <laughs> this lighting and stuff? Oh, the music, yeah. the music. Yeah. Now, I will say, we've never really mentioned, where does YouTube for you fall into food TV and food content? Like, would you ever put a YouTube creator on your list of favorite food shows type thing? Like, do you consider it that kind of same category or is it different enough where it's a little bit of a different category? Mm, I kind of feel like it could be the same category Mm -hmm. because I still go to it. Like for YouTube, I go for personality and I want to learn. Yeah. So is there any YouTubers that you would put into like your favorite food content right now? I mean, right now, it would probably be the Viet Vegan and Okonomi Kitchen. <laughs> oh, yeah. So good. Yeah. Lisa Lee and Lisa Kitahara, they yeah. are just like, they're, again, like, I love watching them for their personalities, and I love watching them for the food that they make, and they make it look like I could do it, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's a, there's a wonder, like, we're blessed to have so many different cooking shows and food shows right now that like it's hard it's hard to pick favorites because there's so many that we love for so many different reasons and we've just scratched the surface of food shows like there are so many different ones on Netflix even that you can watch like we've talked about it before uh Nadia Hussein shows Mm -hmm. on Netflix Nadia Bakes and Nadia's Time to Eat so much fun they're kind of more in the traditional sense but they add fun and like a little bit more life to it like they're really quick she brings on people from the crew to taste all that kind of stuff like it's a little bit more fun than just the traditional here's how to make this mm-hmm. um yeah there's like i could go on and on about food shows because there's just so many good ones well that's why we've made it a recurring segment on the podcast so that we can yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll be doing part two of uh salt fat acid heat oh, yeah. next week i think so oh, yeah yeah yeah, why not? 
<laughs> I, I could rewatch those episodes. Right? Yeah, Anytime. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> but this has been really interesting just to think back to where it all started. And yet all the changes that the medium and the technology and the food and people have gone through. And yet the kind of motive behind it is still the same. Yeah. We're still getting sponsored by kitchen appliances. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) KitchenAid, Samsung, anybody want to reach out? (laughs) I guess, like, do you have a favorite food show? Call in, let us know, email. I'm supposed to say Slack us. Slack? Oh, God. (laughs) I'm in my work brain, apparently. (laughs) oh my goodness uh dm us whatever you want all the socials yeah yeah let us know uh any kind of food content too like not even not just from Mm -hmm. netflix not just from food network if you got a favorite youtuber favorite tiktoker uh let's share we welcome why we can learn something i'm sure okay (laughs) and then that will become a future episode yeah tiktok food culture <laughs> yeah well i mean we've done that which i already, mean we've but... briefly done we did it more in a broader sense but it was stemmed from tiktok yeah but there's just, there's a lot to consider there there's a lot to unpack <laughs> yeah just wait till 20 years from now when the food historians and food media specialists are looking at what tiktok did <laughs> <laughs> the favorite food content of yeah. the 2020s oh. tiktoker oh yeah i don't know any of them right now so insert name here insert <laughs> When they made, when they showed us a new way to fold a quesadilla. <laughs> wow. Groundbreaking stuff. <laughs> Food content has come so far. Uh, we hope you enjoyed learning about some of the history and some of our favorites now and then. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes where we talk about more, more food content. And you know, we also talk about vegan foods sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to check out any of our food videos, you know, we got our own show on yeah two market girls we got got content (laughs) or our recipes are at twomarketgirls.com and we are twomarketgirls on all the socials except for tiktok um yeah so that's that yeah we go back and forth but i think we're firmly planted on the no tiktok right now i don't even know what to do with that anymore (laughs) 